0: Eagle Nation. You're listening to got it Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monte and Cody Anderson. All right, Cody. So we have talked for a couple weeks now about how luck has been on the Eagle side in, in some of these close ball games and some of these one score ball games. And how eventually, you know, our our luck might just run out. And, you know, we might not have that one or two breaks that we need, the ball might not bounce the right way. The other team might not make a mistake at a crucial time um, to give us, you know, the narrow victory. And and that's kind of what happened uh, last Saturday against uh, up in West Point against Army Black Knights, uh, with us losing 28 to 27. Um, a game where you know we uh, Army pretty much gave us a, a bunch of chances to beat them. And we just couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, especially in the second half, uh, just kind of, you know, sputtered there, um, you know, had, you know, a a few offensive drives. But, you know, Army did what they did with uh, time of possession and just eating up clock and uh, moving the chains. And uh, we we weren't able to get it done. So, you know, we had been saying now for for a couple of weeks that, that, you know, this if we kept playing these close one score ball games, that sooner or later it wasn't going to go in our favor. And that's what happened.
1: Yeah, and surprisingly, special teams was a big issue in that. You had the block punt, you had the missed extra point, and you had the missed field goal, and it wasn't even like it was a long field goal. I think it was like twenty-eight, twenty-nine yards. Um, so yeah, a lot of things just did not fall in our fall our way. Um, now I think it gets back to another point that that you we haven't um you didn't bring up there, which is that we had a big lead. We had a big lead. And we had an opportunity there near the end of the second quarter to kind of really put the game away. And instead, we settled for a field goal, and we missed that field goal. And when, you know, I kind of felt like that was a turning point, but then we got the fumble at the end of the first half. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's come out. Let's stop them right here coming out the gates in the second half, and then, you know, we'll we'll try to put this game away. And that's not what happened. I mean, you saw Munkin and his crew. They went in halftime. They made the adjustments that they needed to to get their offensive rolling. And, and our defense, you know, for the most part, I mean, they let up two huge long drives that, that they scored on. But, you know, it, I don't look at this game and think, my goodness, the defense let us down or the defense is the reason why we lost this game. I think you can look at other factors. Um, coaching decisions, time management, offensive possessions, offensive uh, play calling and schemes, as well as special teams that are much more apparent in the in what needs to make sure we sure up going really the last three games here.
0: Yeah, yeah, special teams was a huge factor, and that was one thing that we've, you know, also talked about the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, and a lot of times when you talk about special teams, people just think the kicking game, and that obviously... Uh, you know, didn't really go our way in this game, but you know, against uh, Troy, you know, you're uh, what four for four on field goals. So um, it's it's one of those situations where, yeah, like it, we we've kind of yet to see a game where all three fa- phases kind of clicked. You know, for for four quarters, it just hasn't really happened. And and this one, you know, certainly, you know, outside of the the uh, PAT and the and um, the missed field goal. You know, also just the the kickoffs. You know, ha- haven't been on point. Um, you nope. know, uh, nope. uh, uh, knocking them back in the end zone. That was something that I think we we took for granted with Tyler Bass. You know, and it's something you know everyone wants to just look at field goal percentages and PAT percentages and all this kind of stuff. But he was a weapon, you know, on, on uh, to, to, to back teams up and play the field position game. And that's something yep. that we haven't seen consistently with our, our kickoff game. And then also kickoff coverage um, has, has, you know, left a lot to be desired. Uh, same with, uh, you know, punt coverage. And then even our, our kickoff, uh, returns. You know, we had uh, one where you know Caleb Hood uh, catches it and decides to take it out and puts us on the 11 yard line um, instead of calling for the fair catch. Just, just things like that that make such a big difference. And you're right. I, I don't think this really falls on the defense. I think you know Munken and Army. They, they did what they do. You know, I mean they, they obviously had the the mishaps and miscues early on, which um, you know kind of spotted us 14 points there in the first in the first quarter with the two uh, you know back to back fumbles. Yeah. But in the second half, they, they got rolling, and they did what they did, just ground and pound, average 3.5 yards a carry, you know, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. And, and um, we weren't able to stop them there, but, I mean, they wore the defense down, and our offense just wasn't able to stay on the field long enough, you know, and, and you just – that's a recipe for disaster when playing a, yeah. a triple option flexbone offense, so – um, and they no, were, we, what,
1: three for three on fourth downs, right? Something uh, like that? So four again, for four, four, yeah. Four yeah, for okay, four so on fourth So, four, four so fouls, yeah. four, fourth down defense, again, is, is something that has been less than desirable this season. And, again, it, it proved costly in this game um, by extending those drives in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, you and I, I think, are to the point now to where we just understand that this is how these games are going to be. Either Either we're going to get blown out we're gonna lose close, or we're gonna win close. Yeah, I don't. I don't foresee us actually blowing anybody out, especially the last three opponents that we have, Correct. and or if we get to a bowl game. Um, and I think that's frustrating because you've seen time and time again opportunities we've had to put teams away early. Texas yep. State was one. Army, we had a chance to put this game away early. Oh, we did. I mean, if we go, if probably, we go up probably seven, more so than and, some of the other games.
0: I mean, again, yeah. they they made mistakes. They did what you can't. You know, I just talked about what option offenses want to do that's what option you know you obviously yeah. don't want to do no one wants to fumble the ball you know two straight possessions but especially for a you know flexbone option team that's a recipe for disaster and they they did everything kind of in their power in that first quarter um to let us really take advantage and I mean yes we did we you know we obviously get the scoop and score and then we uh punch it in from the one yard line after the first fumble um but you know we they they get the other fumble you know before the half and we're we're not able to do anything with that so it's 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 those opportunities when when a team when a when a uh, you know triple option team turns the ball over three times, you should win that game. You know you should capitalize yeah. on every single uh, you know opportunity you have to to get points. In well, those
1: situations. and technically, I mean technically, if you look at it, they did right. You had the two fumbles that they did score on. All right, and then you had the one fumble right there at the end of the half that that really prevented them from scoring because they were marching down and was about to Correct. put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. so. so to me, it was the other possessions that we had in that game or in that first half that we didn't take advantage of to go down there and at least score some sort of an offensive touchdown, you know, or or and, and, and really put that game away in the first half. I mean, if they just get one offensive touchdown there, then, then what, we win this or a second offensive touchdown, we win this, what, uh, it'd be 28-7 going into the first half.
0: Right, I, it probably just, doesn't come down to the miss yeah, pat at that it point. It doesn't, it doesn't come down to the clock management stuff and all that, you know. No, and, and 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 that's what we're asking for. It's not, you know. Uh, yes, it would be great to you know, take advantage of every single opportunity and, and beat teams by four scores. But like, it seems like every week there's like one or two plays that you can, or moments that you can point to and say, if we had just done this, it wouldn't have come down to a last second thing. Exactly. It wouldn't have come yeah. down to a couple inches. It wouldn't have come down to, uh, you know, being able to spike the ball with a couple seconds left. And we'll get to that, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Like if it, Yes, it's easy to look at the in you know the last couple plays of the game because um, that's going to be most memorable. But it's it's what happens you know early in the third quarter you know letting them it's, march of the field and score. It's what happens
1: in the second quarter when nobody thinks it matters, but it really does. And it, it really does. And that I think gets back to I think our overall theme. It seems like it's been on this podcast this season is that we can't finish. We can't put a team away. And you know you look at that you had this opportunity to put them away. You had Texas State to put them away to where it doesn't come down to whoever has the ball last. Who was it? It was South Alabama, in which it, you know we had to wait. What was it? Two Wesley Kennedy scores, and then yeah. and then a great defensive effort there. I mean, it, you just go through the list of the games, and you're like, all right, this is this is where we you had opportunities to to go up early and you didn't take advantage of it. It's or like we opp- rely yeah.
0: we're reliant on on those breaks. I mean honestly, like it's it's like we're I mean even even the announcer even Danny Reed to them say it, you know, but um and then, and then the other commentators ha- have said it, it it seems like we and we talked about it last week of like if if you're if you're a major network, you put us on because you know you're going to get an entertaining football game. It doesn't matter yeah. what happens in the first or second quarter. It's gonna be a close game. It's probably gonna be a one-score game there in in the final drives of the fourth quarter. It's just it's just that's how we play this year, no matter who our opponent is. Army's a good football team, but it was close. Louisiana's a good football team, it was close. Coastal Carolina, the you know the biggest deficit outside of uh, you know UMass uh, this year, win or loss, um, you know they uh, that that was a close football game, you know
1: uh, for 14 uh, know, yeah. in the fourth quarter, right? Right.
0: Wow. So so and that that's the thing is like we play everybody close, whether it's, you know, a a ULM Texas state or army or Louisiana or, or coastal. And it's frustrating. And and you just look at those couple moments that, it, it shouldn't come down to that, but it's 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 almost like we do everything in our power, almost as kind of army did in this game. You know, it, it was like looking in the mirror at times with like the clock management on Munkin's side of of being able to run out the clock and stuff. You know, it was like they gave us from you know the uh, first two early fumbles to you know late in the game chances to win, chances to capitalize, chances to put it away, and we just couldn't do it. And yeah. it's it's like we uh, like almost lend a hand to the other team to say, okay, well now's your chance to. Make this a little bit more entertaining, and obviously yeah. that's not what's happening. But I mean, it it it's time you know
1: game in and game
0: out. That is what's happening. I mean that's what we're seeing. You know,
1: and, and it gets down to the other thing too, to where if we just scored thirty points, we'd have won this football game. If you look at all three losses, man, if we just scored thirty points, we're undefeated at this point. Yeah, I I think you can't miss on the point that. Something needs to happen with the offense, whether we need to change scheme, whether we need to change some sort of personnel going into next year, whether it's some moving coaches around or whatever it needs to happen. Whatever this offense is that we have here, it, one, it's it's really it's not working now, and two, it's certainly not going to work next year.
0: No. No, and it, it, we haven't seen the evolution. We haven't, you know, that we wanted. We haven't seen evolution, and really the passing game that we uh, wanted It's kind of an all for nothing thing. You know, a lot of times, yes, we connected on two passes that gave us really our, our two only true offensive scores. You know, outside of the the one punch in by words after the fumble, um, but you know, and and those were nice plays, but they're they're kind of like the plays that we've grown accustomed to. You hold know, on, under. Before-
1: before he get, do you feel vindicated or validated? Yeah, with yeah, okay. because I think
0: if we had done more of that, I mean, it, it obviously worked, but I, I think I think I, I would have went a, a step further, and like when the running game wasn't working and when they were shutting us down, I would have gone more passing. I probably would have put. Tomlin in maybe a little bit sooner, maybe platoon the quarterbacks and see which one, you know, could have the hot end. You know, obviously afterwards hurt his uh, uh, shoulder. Um, you know, it, he wasn't being able to get the zip on the ball. That's why Tomlin stayed in the game. But, yeah, I, I, I do think that was kind of the right – strategy um because army uh, their their defense has struggled against passes here you know and and that's that's how Tulane beat them um I mean they're they're a balanced offense and they they put up a good amount of rushing yards too but they they beat them through the air and I I I think we we did decent you know um, we had 136 uh passing yards um nine for 13 so you know pretty efficient there but, I, you know, I, I go back to, like, the intermediate passing game and things like that. Those are things that I would like to see evolve, you know, not – you know, get in situations where we can have high clips, high efficiency passes that aren't, you know, 30 plus yards or, or deep balls on uh, wheel routes or, or, you know, deep routes to D1 and, and, and things like this. Just high efficiency, like slant routes, what you see other teams do to us all the time. You know, I, I'd like to see more of that where we can do that stuff on first and second down sometimes but also still mix in the passing um and just be smart with the play calling and and you know time time after time it it seems like we're not very smart with the play calling but yes i do i do feel a little vindicated because i
1: mean our only offense really i mean was that. Is it, you know we, is it hard for you to walk through doors with how big your head is right now
0: no no actually i, I, it's, I i'm just fine um it yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at my parents' house now. Uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm able to walk through without you know get through doors just fine. And okay,
1: good, good.
0: Yeah, and and but it, it's it's true. It's you you saw it happen. And... No, no,
1: you. Did. I mean, you you bring up a great point. The 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 two offensive touchdowns that we legitimately scored were, were through the air. Cam Brown, I thought, made a heck of a catch, yep. keeping his feet in bounds and getting on the uh, on the right side of the pylon there. Touchdown. Um, Logan Wright made a great catch. That was a great um um throw and catch there with Logan Wright to score that last offensive touchdown. I mean you you you're right in the sense that w- the uh, you know obviously we scored on those passing touchdowns. I if you go back and look at the the averages though with Kennedy and with Logan Wright they had really good numbers. They
0: did. Yeah, 8.9 8. yards per carry for Kennedy, uh 8 carries. 71 yards, um, and then you had Logan he was, Wright was at six. Yeah, he was at yeah, six with so five carries. Yeah, so
1: Mr. Six Yards a Carry, that's yeah. what we've been calling him. He's, yeah. he, it, it doesn't matter. Every time I look at a score sheet, it seems like he always averages six well, yards he's, a carry. he's going to need to continue to do that, and we're going to get, yeah, we'll get it that in a second. Yeah, we'll get in a second. But I, I think, I mean, is it just me, or does it look like they do, like, little league, ball when it comes to running backs because if i look at kennedy and Wright and i see that they're just clipping out yards like nobody's business when they touch the ball which they did why would you put anybody else back there until yeah. the until army shows that they can stop them
0: true uh yeah i mean I, I and, and uh, we saw that when it was jd king too right i mean you, you know you i, I yeah yeah you, you, I mean, you saw jd king get you know four or five six yards of carry just up the middle I mean, and Shai, then, they, I mean take them out? they
1: had they had Shy's number all day, they did. and it was to me. It was early on that you could tell that they were zeroing in on, which is what you nut. do. I mean, that's how you yeah. beat.
0: That's how you beat our offenses. You, which is fun, uh, but yeah.
1: but once when that happens, they have got to know. Okay, well then you're gonna have to stop either Kennedy or Logan Wright, and they couldn't. I mean, not really. And yeah. and then it would seem like we would go to them like two plays, one play here, two plays there. But not consistently feed them the football And right. I, I just don't get it, I don't understand it
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating Because yeah, you, you have your hot hand And then it's, it seems like that rotation Comes in again, where it's, you know And I just, I don't I don't agree with that, and uh, you know we, we are so deep at running back, and yes, we are getting more depleted now. With used to be with <laughs> with injuries and and off the field stuff that we'll get to here in a second, um, but we we still are deep there. But and and we have plenty of talent. And I'm excited for the future at that position. However, if you've got you know uh, you know a senior that is averaging 8.9 yards a carry or a senior that's averaging you know or junior i guess Logan right averaging 6 yards a carry you keep feeding him you know i mean yeah. it's it's not rocket science and um you know you, you keep feeding him until it, it's not working anymore and um and yeah with shy i mean he can't do it all and it seems like at times he tries to and you know teams are zeroing, zeroing in on that and that is the way that you beat this offense. If you shut him down, you can kind of shut everything down because it, you yeah. know it, it kind of all runs through him. And I don't think it necessarily should. I think you know, but we we're a very one dimensional offense still. We we are, and you know, as we're a very predictable offense still, um, and we're not a very creative offense. Well, and, let's
1: let's. But before you say one dimensional, because I think people can take that the wrong way. I think what you're trying to say is that the offense is either is either it either runs it runs great or it runs poorly based on shyward's performance is what yes. you mean by that yeah correct
0: okay. not one dimensional in the sense of like run versus pass and and <clears throat> people people think of that i mean we again we, we pass the ball uh, we pass the ball pretty well against army we, we've been passing the ball pretty well and i i want to continue to see that but it's 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 how we pass the ball when we pass the ball um you know when we, like when we choose to do that when we choose to do certain run plays when we choose to go to the outside versus inside dive that kind of thing and and it just seems like the play selection total you know i i've i've said before that it seems like we have like eight uh, eight play playbook you know and and it does i mean it, it it's uh, you know some games maybe it's like up to 10 some it might be as few
1: as like well, 4 or which 5 which is fine right i mean you hear, if you're efficient uh, st- with it yeah yeah see, you've heard of other style of offenses in which they say yeah they may be like 12 or 15 plays and that's really it if that but I think um, that's
0: why it's frustrating for fans because you have, like with blocking, blocking's not consistent. Or well, if you're only running four or five plays, if that's true, and I don't know if it's true. It's spec- it looks that way sometimes. But if you're only running four to seven, eight plays, um, you know, in your playbook, you would hope that blocking would be yeah. consistent. <laughs> you know, you would hope that, that everybody would know their assignments and be like able it doesn't to, look that you know, way but
1: yeah, it doesn't that, look that
0: doesn't way. seem to be the case. Right, right. So are they are they different blocking? You know, are are they different uh, blocking schemes? Different? You know, um, obviously the defense is going to throw different looks at you, but it it just. It, it it's frustrating because it seems like we're so one dimensional in that sense with a play calling, but then the execution just isn't there. Um and not just not just putting it all on the offensive line, but even like with with some of the reads that Wirtz has had, with, you know, just some of the pitches, with some of the, you know, not finding the hole if it's there of the running backs. I mean, it, you would think that if you're I mean that's that's the benefit, right, of, of running uh, a, a truncated playbook is to have efficiency yeah. at like 99%, you know, have, have everyone know their assignment, have everyone be crisp, clean with, with whatever, especially you if think, it's like an option, you know, you, are they, you know, are everyone they knows like, their man.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, let me see if I can phrase this the right way are they are they giving the, the athletes too much information? Like are they like, you know, if it's A this, B this, C this, D this, E, F, G, H, all the way up to Z, and it's like you have these guys that are out there who may only run 10 or 12 plays, but they feel like they have like 20-something options going through their head as to what they need to do if so-and-so does this, instead of just some, making it very simplistic to where, all right, my job is that guy for this or that guy for that, and then that's it. And they can just boom and, and shoot off the line
0: that's a good point because you can have a simplified offense and still have it be really like simplified in the sense of, of not a lot of plays and have it be super complicated. Yeah. Right. Where, where I've, I've said before, you know, we, we're kind of at the point we have athletes. We need to just, yes, put the athletes in the best position to succeed, but, but do that. If it needs to be in a simplified way of letting them just play, stop worrying about what the other, what the defense is, is giving you and, and just run your offense and, and, and run it, to perfection, and it seems like sometimes we are maybe too um, worried about what the defense is, is is giving us, right? And I mean, and, and yes, you obviously if they're stacking the box and stuff, like, and, and you're just getting nothing, then you've got to adjust. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but it, it's it, it like if if what you're saying is true, and it's like okay, we run five plays hypothetically, we run you know five plays in the playbook, but those five plays have six or seven different per play blocking assignments and blocking schemes and based uh, different, on different like yeah. right yeah different different routes that the the running uh, that the wide receivers and stuff can take like um option routes and stuff like this you know based on right what the, what the defense has given you that very well could be the case and we've seen that with other teams and 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 it does become in a lot of cases more confusing than if you ran just a, a 30 play pay, uh, playbook or a, a yeah. 60 play play a play, playbook right because that's all kind of more cut and dry so maybe, maybe that's the case i don't know but um i think everyone it's clear as day something needs to change on offense yep. um and you know that's and unfortunately as we've said i don't think we're gonna see any of those changes until the end of the year so i think we're we're we have, but is, what that we have. Right? is that the
1: right is it is is that the right thing to do though like like no. let's let's just say if trust us, we have n- no inside information. It's just, this is just all talk between us. But if if Lunsford has made up his mind that, that the best is out at the end of the season. or you do or, it now. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, why don't you go ahead and do it now?
0: You do it now to give, because cause this, this season's kind of a wash on a lot of uh, fronts, right? So I that mean, makes it, me yeah. think
1: that, that that's not the case. That Does he intend to bring him back? Right. Yeah, you know, I think because, that's what a lot of people are worried what's, about right what's, now. What's going to happen in these next three games? that's going to make him change his mind, right? I don't think there's going to really be any change.
0: Well, here's the thing: is like you don't have to relieve. You could relieve him of his duties, and not relieve him of his job, right? I mean, you you could you could you could make a change where, I mean, you've got Roos, uh, you know, on on staff as your tight ends coach. He's former office coordinator here for two years under Freds, so obviously he knows what he's doing and and he's more than capable of doing that right so if if you want and we've seen that in the past we've seen him uh Bob Bovine right had, had uh, was yeah. put in charge of like play calling duties right so so we've seen in the past where you, where you put a different coach in in charge so you you shift responsibilities and i think that i'm kind of surprised that uh, that hasn't happened if 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 the if the notion is you know and then you got to think they've talked about it right i mean obviously they hear people like us and they hear other you know all the fan base out there clamoring for it and hashtag chad make a change and all that i mean they, they know that that is out there so i mean i'm sure they've had the conversation of like where where do we go from here you know after this and you know, best is getting up there in years, and I mean, he, he's probably getting close to retirement anyway. So I mean, who knows? We haven't been behind closed doors. Maybe those conversations have been had, and the the plan is to kind of you know send him off into the sunset after uh, you know after the season. But if like I agree with you, if that's the case why not do it now? That doesn't mean that you have to kick him to the curb and, you know, and then, you know, leave him at West Point, New York, or sorry in Newark, New Jersey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, catch another flight, Bob, you know, you don't, you don't yeah. have to do that. He can still be on there. He can still coach the quarterbacks. He can still do these things. He can still be, you know, co-offensive coordinator and, and have a say in things, but, but shift responsibilities and see if, you know, we can do something different that works better because again, what's, you know, what what we have now is not working. So, um, I, I am a little surprised at that. And I think that is a fair criticism of Lunsford being a first time head coach of, you know, that that's one of the hardest parts of it, right? That's one of the hardest parts of the job is to, to make, those tough decisions and you know sometimes it's not just about waiting until the end of the year Um, it's about you know pulling the trigger early and saying let's see you know because you know if you give roos you know three or four games to quote unquote prove himself uh you know or and and see what we could maybe do different maybe we go uh, from a a different direction from that right after the season you know like you you do that you see what we have there and then you evaluate do i mean I, i think most fans would be fine with ruse just based on what he was in 14 and 15 but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best well, there, answer there are certain right.
1: players calling for it
0: or certain there's certain there are there are and they've been <laughs> very vocal about it and and i mean and those players played for him so they you know so they know and i i think most fans and you and i included would agree, like, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like, he's on the staff. Look how good we were under him. Give the man a chance. Let's let's go. You know, we don't have to have a national search. We don't have to have, you know, weeks on end uh, search for a replacement. We have him already on staff. But I think it's fair to, like, if you did what we're saying and you bring him in now— and, you know, maybe that's not even fair to him because he only has so much to work with and you can't, like, blow up everything, right, and just rewrite yeah, it in, in yeah. the middle of the season. Um, it would take a whole off season to really implement your plan, your strategy, and your playbook. However... Um, I think you could get enough out of it. I think you could see enough out of it to know whether or not that's the direction we want to go moving forward after this season, or do we need to open up a national search? Do we need to go outside the box a little bit and find another offensive coordinator from outside of this like tree that we currently have? Right. Yeah. You know, that that's what I kind of like to see because otherwise, you know, you like, what are we doing? You know I mean? Like, like why, why, why just keep, well, you know, we're out of contention for the Sunbelt championship. Like, what do we have to lose? Like just you know, put Roos or whoever you know, and make some kind of change to see if we can improve in these areas of weakness, and then reevaluate that at the end of the year. I mean, yeah.
1: Now, now you you brought up uh, that this is a fair criticism, Lunsford. Um, I want to kind of shift because I think I think we've beaten the offensive thing pretty. I think we've beaten a dead horse. Yeah, it's a broken record. I yeah. think, yeah, I think, I think we've hit that pretty good. And um, I don't really, I mean, even from here on out, even after these next these next episodes that we have, I don't, I mean, we can maybe chop on it for a couple minutes, but I think it it is what it is. It's not going to change at this moment. Um, no,
0: if, if if it hasn't changed this week, I think this was, yeah. I think that's why people are frustrated because yeah. we kind of saw more of the same, and and we were every week. It seems like there or a group of fans, right, that. Are in that contingent that want to see you know a change at OC and they think like okay this is the week now it has to happen and yeah. it doesn't happen and and you're right I I don't think I think this is what we have until for the next three games yeah. or in, in possibly a bowl game.
1: So, with that being said, I think another criticism that Lunsford been beginning has been his the time management or end of game situation that we had in this Army game. Um, what after listening to to. The coaches. So last night, I have a, a, I think a, a different criticism than what most people have. But what did you think of that that last series that we had, in which we were in field goal range, right yes. at the edge of field goal range? Yeah. You know, what did you think of that that last like minute? So- yeah. We so
0: so obviously everyone's going to point to the 17 seconds and and you know that you know you don't trust your kicker and this and that and you, we've seen all this stuff on social media and and Lunsford after the game you know took blame for it as as any you know head coach should you know you're not going to put that on your player you're going to say you know hey, I mean he said you know um, I I should have trusted our kicker to make that kick I should have you know not run another play so as as far as all that goes you know. Going back and watching it, I honestly don't have a problem trying to run another play with 17 seconds on the clock. I really don't. You have to be careful about what play you call, how you run that play, and make sure your quarterback that's in there knows what to do what and to what do. not to do. And, right, and, 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 and is coached up. You run through these things. Types of simulations in practice, right? Hopefully, um, for these like you know clock it situations and when to do it, when not to. Seventeen seconds is a lot of time, even with no is. timeouts, is a lot of time. So uh, the 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 mass majority of people that I've seen are like, why weren't you just spike it with seventeen seconds, kick the field goal, blah blah blah? You know, it's forty seven yard field goal. I, I'm fine running another play there. I really am but again, it has to be a well thought out high efficiency play go to the sideline, get a couple extra yards make that field goal more manageable or get in a situation where if you get the first down then you have enough time to go and clock it where you're you're not rushing and you don't have to worry about the whole situation of them laying on the ball and this sort of thing. you know you so' I'm, I'm fine with the decision to go for another play what happened after that I'm not fine with, you know, the, the decision making across the board of the play call, decision making on the quarterback, um, and then obviously some things outside of our control, you know, with army players laying on it and whatnot. But the, the whole rule, I honestly didn't know about the three second rule of, of the. Three. No, I, didn't I, I honestly didn't, I didn't know either. that. So, so you know, and I think most fans probably yeah, did not. Shout know out
1: that. to to Josh Arbery and and all the other media that that digged that up and dug that up and, and posted it out there because the the only explanation before that that I could figure out was that Tomlin had like spiked the ball behind him and technically it was a fumble and that uh, that it ran off the clock or whatever, but yeah, I didn't know about the three second rule.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I I don't know how much I like that rule, but you know, Yeah, I, uh, I don't either. Yeah. yeah I don't like it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because that's going to be like situations when you are, you know, trying to spike it. But Exactly. Anyway, um, you know, it's it, so so I'm 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 fine with 17 seconds. I don't think that it was necessarily a, a slight on the kicker or anything like that. That's a long field goal for anybody. It's A long field goal for Bass or Koo, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, I I think with 17 seconds to run another play, try to get some more yards, make it more makeable. Fine with that. Yeah, I don't
1: have I don't I don't have a problem with that decision. I think I'm with you. I have a decision with the actual play that was called. Yeah, the play call was bad. Did you think it was a a
0: quarterback draw? Or did you think it, it was looked just like it? It looked okay. like it. Yeah, it looked it looked like a quarterback draw. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. And again, so you don't know does that ultimately fall on DeBess best and, and then probably Lunsford, right of of because because yeah. we, talked, we talked before in, in those situations as a head coach it's your job to step in when you're saying no you know we're, we're going for it here no we're not going for it here or no we're not doing a, a dive play here or design quarterback run where we're gonna throw it here you know that, that that's that's the head coach's responsibility to step in in those key moments and you know he hears those calls go through the headset and he can veto it you know he like he he is the president he can he can put an executive order in and, and, and veto these things, yeah. Um, and 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 sometimes you have to, and uh, so so I don't know if if that was a play call situation or if it was just like a panic situation by uh Tomlin and something broke down. Um, and, and he decided to try to scramble and, and get something out of it. Um, to me, it did look like a design run. If that's a design run, then that's 100% on the coaches. And, you know, that's that was just a really bad play call in that situation. Because um, you got to know that uh, Army is going to try to, like, sit, you know, any kind of running play like that where it's a lot of bodies. Yeah, they're going to get bodies gonna... on the ball. They're going to try to stall. You know, it's, it's going to be like soccer, you know, where they're sitting there yeah. like they're injured at the end of the game. I mean, it, it happens in football all the time. So, 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 so yeah, if, if that's the case, and that that is a big problem. um
1: And see, that's that's, and, and this is why I bring up the coaches' hope from last night because I think Lunsford mentioned it that he felt like his mistake was him not being as intense as he needed to be with the referees to try to get the defensive delay of game called on Army. And that's where I have a problem with that line. I have a problem with that line of thinking because you shouldn't put your team in a position to where you're dependent on a referee making it, a it call. goes back to the
0: breaks, right? It goes yes. back to like, yes. we're reliant on, it, it seems like we're reliant on getting that favorable, Call like the roughing Correct. the passer call yep. against uh, against Troy. It's it's, it's yeah or against Texas State. Sorry, yeah. Um, and it, it 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 seems like we have become relying on like okay, well if this doesn't work out, like we're gonna get a break. We're gonna get yeah a fumble. The other team's gonna make a mistake. We're gonna get a favorable call for the refs. And and you can't you can't do that, especially no. in those kind of critical moments. I mean, every now and then, sure, like you want to chunk it up and see if you can't get a pi uh, to get some field position when you know you're just trying. It's like a glorified punt, and you're like throwing it up hoping for a PI that kind of exactly. stuff sure that that happens all the time but in situations
1: like this you have to take control no, you yeah, have to you do have, it yeah, yeah you can't let outside forces be in control of whether you win or lose and that statement showed at least or for, for the way that I took it I took it as being that he was letting the referees decide whether or not we lose or win that football game and yeah. you can't you can't put the game in the referee's hands that that is that's uncalled for
0: so I, I I haven't had a chance to watch the coach's show yet, but do you think he was saying that almost like after the fact? Because I mean, what else is he gonna say now? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, do you, I yeah. don't.
1: I don't know. But still, you. I mean, yeah. Because I agree with you. That's you that's not. the mindset. You can, can jump mindset. up and scream and do all you want to with the refs, but don't ever put the game in their hands to where you're hoping for right. a penalty. Call if it if it was a QB draw. That's a terrible play call. He should have vetoed that. Right. And he should have just told he should have got on the headset and told Tomlin, spike the ball. Spike it. Yeah, we not the doing ball. that. Spike it, kill that. the play, and yeah. then we'll get a better play call. We'll in. we'll we'll discuss it. We'll have forty seconds to discuss it without the timer and all, And and then go on from there. Um and if it was a, a pass play, then somebody prior to the to the mic getting cut or prior to the ball being snapped should have told or reminded Tomlin. Hey, if option number one isn't there, throw it twenty yards above his head out of bounds, and we'll live to fight yep. another day. And, exactly. and the, throw the ball and that's away. it. Yep. Or, or if you feel like you're going to get sacked within a second and a half, throw the ball. Look for a receiver again. That's that because you have to have an out route. That's 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 end of game obvious. You have to have an out going to the out of bounds. Throw it twenty yards over their head so we don't get the of down in, in the in the in the intentional grounding. But just throw it high above them so nobody yeah. can catch it. But it's in the vicinity of the receiver, and, and we'll fight another day. And these are things you, you hope know. that they practice,
0: you know, and, and they, practice, they run through and then, in practice and then with all the quarterbacks. I understand it was a backup quarterback. Yeah, reentering the game. Right, and I understand it's a backup quarterback, but your entire quarterback room should know this. I mean th- this is like 101 when you're in those type of situations, you know, you you have no timeouts. Yeah, you you throw you throw the out route to the um to the sideline and you throw it away. You cannot take a sack there. You yeah. 100% that's the last case, you know, uh scenario you do not take a sack. So, no. you know, I I just it, it was frustrating. I you know, I it's it's hard to say what the play call was. I I, I take it that Lunsford didn't elaborate on that probably in the coach's show with the question
1: I did if they did I didn't hear yeah.
0: so you know it to, to me it did look like a design run that's a bonehead call I mean that that, that call just doesn't make sense to me in that situation um, it does which but is every, why I find yeah.
1: it so hard to believe that with as offensive coordinator with as much experience as the best and then with Lunsford I, I mean he's he to me he's a good coach I just to me, the, the QB draw aspect of it just doesn't make sense. What it but probably at time, was, I understand why people see that and, yeah. and say that. Well, because that's what, what mean, it, it like. You even had Captain Clack on, on Twitter saying, you know, WTF, was that a quarterback draw? Like, what are we doing here? It honestly so, it
0: honestly could have just been a panic situation for Tomlin. The, the play could have broke down. They they could have broken through and he he might have just panicked and tried to pick up some yards, but yeah, I'm, where you know so and we don't we don't know, but I mean I don't know yeah and, and, we don't and, know what and, exactly and the play that call would was. make more sense because then the coaches are going to be covering for him, right? I mean they're going to be covering for their player and they're not going to say. Well, yeah, no. Tomlin was supposed to do this. He was supposed to do X, Y, and Z, and he just kind of panicked and like ran around and, and got tackled. You know, I mean, they're they're probably not going to admit to
1: that. Well, right? He didn't really panic. He just didn't have no blocking. He had no I blocking. Mean, yeah, I <laughs> mean, that? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. He hucked the ball, and then it was like half a second later. But that's guy's what I'm saying. So it, it
0: could have been a it could have been a pass play, and then we just have, once again had no blocking and. And then he went down, you know. So and and tried to make something out of nothing, you know. And but again, the coaches aren't gonna really—they're not ever gonna put that on
1: their player. They're gonna say no. Yeah, know, I will say this though. I was very impressed with Tomlin coming into the game. Yeah, I was. Um, I, to me now, this is just from my own eyes. I thought he had more more pop on the ball. I thought he his throws yes. were stronger. I thought he had an heck of an accurate throw to even get us into field goal range. Yes. Um that was put on the money for Malik Murray to catch that it, again had a lot of, it seemed to have a lot of velocity on it. It was accurate. It was there. It was for for where Murray could catch it. Well, it and to fantastic. respond
0: right after throwing the interception and yeah, come back in and do exactly. that. That's huge. That's huge too. Exactly.
1: Um and you know, I mean, the guy for the interception—he made a great—he jumped it, made a great play on the ball. Maybe you could say that Tomlin eyed him down, but honestly, it was just a quick, hike, through him throw, and the guy made a great play. Um, I thought Tomlin played really good, and I'll be honest with you—I think if we win the football game, I think there's a serious discussion who plays quarterback this week, and I would probably be on the side of Tomlin.
0: Well, and, and, and that's, that's one of those funny situations, right? Where like, it kind of, kind of like the Louisiana game where it was, you know, well, we had, you, you, have the, uh, the two point conversion by words and the great catch by Caleb hood kind of get overshadowed because we ultimately lost game on the 53 yard field goal in this one, nothing really would have changed that much. Right. Where like, I mean, he was in field goal position. Let's just say that we did what everybody wanted and, and, uh, we just spike it there and we kicked the 47 yard field goal. Um, that doesn't really change anything from Tomlin, right? I mean, I mean, he he still, he still got us down there. So I understand yeah. that last play didn't go well. And again, maybe it was part on him. Maybe it was all on him. Maybe it was all on the coaches and the play call um, if it truly was a design run. Um, but I don't think that changes his performance or even changes that conversation. No, I don't. I, I, don't. I, know, I, th- yeah.
1: I think he played great. Al. I mean, you could, you know, he for the very limited number of plays that he had, yes, he had the interception and obviously the last play, but... Overall, I think he played fantastic. Yeah, it's just
0: interesting because like that's the difference that obviously a win, you know, if it, if it turned into a 2-point win instead of a 1-point yeah. loss, that you're right. I do think more people would be having that conversation, but honestly when you think about it, nothing really changed with that. I mean, yeah, no, we lost no, the game.
1: No, you're right. That's that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the how finicky fans are in between a loss and a victory, you know. Yeah. Um, but I to me just looking at how Tomlin plays that he, to me, he looks faster. He has, to me, more more zip on the ball when he's in there and he throws it. Um, Obviously,
0: something's going I, on with Wurtz's shoulder. I mean, he got it banged up again this year. It was something he battled last year. I had pointed out, you know, last year it seemed, after he suffered this, uh, the shoulder injury, that it it just seemed he wasn't getting as much velocity on the ball. He wasn't getting as much zip on it. Um, we saw in the off season, it looked good it looked completely healed um he takes a lot of hits he's he's a warrior he's a gamer and we've said that you know i mean he's he is a true kind of option quarterback in that sense because he he takes a lot more hits a lot harder hits than, than you know your your typical like pocket quarterbacks will you know, right but um he it, it it just seems that he's not getting the same velocity on the ball he's not getting the same zip on the ball that we you know saw a couple of years ago and that we even maybe saw in the off season a little bit you know it, it wouldn't even even on those like hitch routes and stuff it's, it's kind of floating a little bit more right and yeah, and
1: yeah i mean i i mean i don't know it's just what i saw on television i mean who knows it could, maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe the coaches make that decision obviously for obvious reasons um but just just from my thought i think man if they put tomlin in i don't think we really lose a step there
0: yeah and and it's it's going to be interesting because I mean obviously this year's a wash in the sense of everyone gets a new uh, year of eligibility back, right? So I mean, and and Wirtz is in grad school, and, and most people you know before this season, uh, you know, and before COVID and all this, we were thinking this obviously would be the last year of Wirtz and and we would transition into Tomlin. We don't know what might happen, you know, next year. You know, there there is a chance that Werts could come back. Um, you know, there's uh, but and, and then what does that look like? You know, I mean, is is it Um, is it what we see now, you know, or is it a two quarterback system or is there a quarterback battle? You know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how how all this plays out because things are a little bit more up in the air, uh, than they were, you know, a couple months ago before the NCAA made that, that ruling that, you know, uh, players can come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it oh man. Yeah, especially if we kind of if we falter in this in this game on Saturday, I think you I think you'll have more fans chirp up and 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 wonder why Tobin is a plan.
0: Yeah, I, I I think so. And again, I mean, it doesn't have to be a complete replacement. I mean, it could be a, a platoon situation because I mean, words yeah. words is a huge playmaker, and I mean, but you know, I I, I think. You know if, if it's a if it's an Allison Upshaw no situation,
1: yeah I see no problem with him coming in on the third series of the first half and second half right and letting him play just like we did with Upshaw
0: yeah yeah, just a change of pace just do something different you know and, yeah I
1: unless mean, unless shy just has drove down those first two drives to touchdown's easy peasy like nothing else then which hasn't typically been the case you know send him out there for the third drive and see what happens. So, I guess
0: let's move from this to, you know, the the big story that broke, um, you know, Monday night, uh, going into Tuesday when we we're recording this, and and that's that there uh, was an arrest of, of two uh, standouts, uh, one on each side of the ball, and Wesley Kennedy and CJ Wright, um, nose tackle. So, uh, you know, still waiting on more details, don't have a ton of information right now, um, but, you know, the... It's not looking good. We'll let, you know, the system run its course, of course. And we hope the best for those two young men that, you know, um, certainly, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And we'll see how everything shakes out. Certainly you think back to the the word situation and not to to jump the gun on on uh, speculation and things like this. um, But for for what we know right now, um, it was uh, that they were pulled over and arrested on. Kennedy was two counts of possession of controlled substance, one count of possession of marijuana of less than one ounce, uh, three counts of possession of drug-related objects, and one count of possession of a firearm or a knife uh, during the commission of or attempt to commit certain felonies. Um, And those charges were um, reduced a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, So this is uh, from McLean uh, Baxley from the Savannah Morning News. Um, it was reduced to two counts possession of controlled substance, one count possession of marijuana, less than one ounce, um, one count of the drug-related objects, and one count of the firearm or knife. Uh, C.J. Wright, his uh, was similar, three counts possession controlled substance, uh, one count of the marijuana, less than one ounce, two counts of possession of drug-related objects. Um, and his was also reduced um, to, let's see, one count of each one. Yeah. So uh so yeah. So I mean that that's where it stands right now. Not looking great, you know, as far as seeing them back certainly for Georgia State, but possibly for the rest of the season. Um but, you know, we just have to see what all shakes out with that. Um you know, obviously, you know, disappointing from a football standpoint, but we don't want to overlook the fact, you know, these are young men Uh, we hope the best for them. We hope everything, you know, plays out the best way and that, you know, it's, uh, if, if these charges are true that they learn from this mistake and if not, then, then things get sorted out, you know, in the courts.
1: Yeah. And, um, I think for those that pray now, would be a great time to to pray for these young men and do the situation. um, because regardless of its football school, or whatever you hate to see somebody as young as, as, as CJ Wright and Kennedy get caught up in this. So, um, yeah, I'm completely with you. Let's hope and pray that it, it all get resorted out quickly, um, and that uh, they'll be able to move on from this um, rather rather shortly. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, I guess moving this is a, this is a football podcast, just like we did with with words. You know, we'll we'll turn. T- to the football part of this now um again probably given that we don't see these two guys this saturday against georgia state um that hasn't been confirmed or anything but it's not looking good for that uh for now so moving into that uh rivalry game against state in atlanta um possibly not having your nose tackle possibly not having uh your arguably best playmaker wesley kennedy um, you know, I was prepared to you know have another segment on the on the show uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, about Kennedy and about how he's not getting the ball enough. We mentioned earlier, you know, eight uh, eight touches for him against Army uh, for. Um, you know, he was averaging 8.9 uh, yards a clip, um, and he had 71 yards. You know, eight carries is just not enough for that young man of how talented no. he is. We saw um, shortly after the game, uh, obviously the team got grounded there in Newark, New Jersey, uh, you know, for a while with, uh, you know, a flight delay and, and problems with the airplane there. Um, so I don't know when this was tweeted out in the, in the scheme of that, but uh, Wesley Kennedy did tweet out um, about that, he wasn't being used to his full potential. That he wasn't getting the ball enough. You know, it was kind of the first time that we saw him be that blunt about it, frankly, right? And that um, uh, just that kind of honest and transparent about his frustrations of not getting, um, not getting to showcase his talents enough, right? And um, so I was prepared to talk about that, and then this news broke yeah. where now we might not even see him for the rest of the year, um, or, or ever possibly. Right. So, um, obviously he's a senior, the year of eligibility is, is there for him just like it is any other player, but we'll see how all this legal mess, you know, shakes out. So now, um, a unit that was, you know, super deep in running backs now is, is getting depleted, (laughs) you know, um, you know, we've uh obviously you had Gerald Green suffer the injury. Uh, I haven't heard too much on that. Uh, was anything mentioned on the coach's show about his injury? I didn't hear. I yeah. didn't, no. not know. I didn't so, hear anything. So I mean Gerald Green obviously had the the breakout game a couple weeks ago. Um he's a great talent, but uh he went down with the injury, so we'll see, you know, how fast he can bounce back from that. And then um you know now it's it's kind of again that next man up mentality. You obviously already lost JD King to the knee injury for the rest of the year. Um so now you you've got Logan Wright um, and you've got Matt LaRoche and then you go maybe even a little deeper with that. You know, maybe we see more of Jalen white, you know, the, the well, highly it's talented- funny.
1: It's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So Josh Arbery just tweeted out, we're doing this podcast. Like, what is it? Three o'clock, three 30 on, on what's it Tuesday, Tuesday? Yep. Tuesday. So it seems like Josh Arbery just tweeted out a video where he talked to coaches, I guess to coach Foster and some players in regards to the arrest that were made. Um, "Quote: Now it's time to unleash the freshman Jalen White. He's worked hard all year, so it's his time to shine.
0: Now that what that was Foster.
1: Yep. Coach yep. Foster. So there you go.
0: So straight straight from the running backs coach. Um. And and I mean this is a kid you know led the nation and we we know you know led the nation um, in high school. Uh, played for a small high school in Alabama." I didn't get a ton of offers from big schools just because of, of kind of where he played. Um, but his, his numbers were just astounding. Um, you know, just like yep. you know, more, even, even more than video game numbers. I don't even think calling them video game numbers is doing it justice. And so far from what we've heard him from what we've seen, he's lived up to those expectations through fall camp, um, through uh, you know, through practice and th- through the little bit that we've seen him play um, in games this year. Uh, again, I think that NCAA rule of the one extra year of eligibility comes into play huge here. Normally a kid like that Um, with as much depth as we came into the season with at the the running back position, um, you probably wouldn't see a Jalen White, right? I mean, you would redshirt him. Um, I know they passed the rule, what was it, two years ago, where they could play up to four games, you know, start up to four games, um, and you could still redshirt him, so maybe that comes into play. But now it seems like, you know, that year of eligibility is there, so it's kind of a free-for-all. Like, you, you can just let it, like you said, unleash him. And, you know, we didn't really have to until now, but we lost J.D. King. We might have lost Gerald Green, and now we probably lost Wesley Kennedy for the rest of the year. So I agree. it Now is the time to unleash him. And it's not just on him. I mean, we got Logan Wright, which is more than capable. We talked about, you know, Mr. Six Yards Per Carry. Um, you know, he's going to be your bell cow. You know, he he's going to continue to kind of fill that role of J.D. King, and especially on the inside runs, the dive plays. Um, and blocking and, and blocking, uh, and then you know Matt and then he caught the, caught the uh, touchdown pass. That was a yep. uh, great touchdown pass on on that wheel route. And then um, and Matt LaRoche, you know, has has ran the ball pretty well this year as well. Um, we know you know how fast he is and how big of a playmaker he can be. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think you get you unleash Shalon White. And I think you got some other guys that you could, uh, you know, fill in there to add to that depth. Uh, Najee Thompson, you know, comes to mind. Uh, Dexter Carter Jr., who played running back in, in high school, a special teams player, he comes to mind. Uh, you know, Caleb Hood, obviously wide receiver for you, but maybe you put him in on some plays where it's uh, that rollout well, design you, pitch.
1: You, yeah, you mentioned, do we go more passing attack now? I, I mean,
0: I think... I think you, I, I wouldn't just go crazy, right? I wouldn't just, like, shut everything. Because you still have It's not like we're yeah. – like, I, I wanted to make this point, and I want to be, like, careful of how I say it. But if something like if, – if a situation like this was going to happen, I think it's best suited for the running back unit on Georgia Southern, right? I mean, I, honestly, because I feel like that's the position that we're deepest at. I feel like if we were going to be depleted one way or another, whether it's injuries or whether it's off the field stuff or a combination of both, I feel like if any unit on the team was like well equipped to you know handle this and, and face this adversity, it's the running back room because we yeah. we have so much talent there. We don't have so much experience anymore. Logan Wright's got plenty of experience, but outside of him, it's you know they're 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 newer players. I mean, uh, LaRoche has been around a little bit. He's he's played some. But, you know, Jalen White's a a true freshman. And then, you know, Najee Thompson hasn't played that much on the offensive side of the ball. When he has he's done great. You know, he had that great catch. Um, And then the same with someone like Dexter Carter Jr. Um, So, you know, Gerald Green, we don't, uh, you know, he was going to kind of be the the running back of the future and probably still will be, but we don't know how severe that injury is, right? So not a lot of experience right now, but it's still a ton of talent and a ton of depth. So I, I think if it wasn't going to happen to anything, you know, this happens to the secondary we're screwed. (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, you know, this happens to um, even like the uh, quarterbacks, maybe even, you know, right. Uh, If if words and Tomlin or something went down, um, not to take anything away away from the kid from Wofford, you know, but, but, you know, we that, that, that hurts, Um, you know, same with uh, defensive line, defensive line gets hurt. You know, that, that's a problem. We're well equipped on running back. So I'm, I'm excited. I hate, I hate it for, Kennedy I hate it for Gerald Green I hate it obviously for JD King um, that all this stuff happened um, but I am excited for these young guys to see you know to to get to see him a little well, bit now, earlier than now, we expected
1: yeah now it's their time to to honestly show up and show out right like this is a this is a prime opportunity I think for Matt LaRoche and for Jalen White to come in and say you know what for this season and for LaRoche couple of seasons now, I've been on the the on put on the the back pedestal a little bit. I've been not really looked at you know other people get the the opportunities I may come in during like maine I may come in during like garbage time or whatever um where I may get one one series every every other quarter who knows um but now this is your opportunity this is your chance to show. Team, fans, coaches, everything now, hey, it's, this is my position. I'm I'm the running back. I'm going to take this position over. Here it is. You look at Tua. Tua did the same thing in the championship game over Jalen Hurts, right? Came in there, took him a half, won the job. You look at Trevor Lawrence when we injured the Clemson quarterback. Um, in our game, he came in over the second half of that game and pretty much lit our defense up, and then he was quarterback for the rest of the season. Right. Um, you look at Tom Brady with Drew Bledsoe. Nobody knew who Tom Brady was. Drew Bledsoe nearly dies on the on the sideline right there, and the, I think it's Jets. And Tom Brady comes in. The rest is history. Yep. You know, you may have great friendships and relationships with your teammates here or there, but you know now it's it's your time. Not this isn't really being selfish. It's let's come in here and, and earn your and earn this position and don't give it back. Yeah. And Matt LaRoche. Jalen White are in this position. Don't give it back. If Kennedy comes back, you know, make the coaches think long and hard before we, they put Kennedy back out there because of how well you have done with your opportunity that you've been given. Correct. Yeah, you I know, agree, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, no, no, take no no take no one's full given, advantage of this.
0: Yeah. No no one's given. Um, th- there should be no special favors or anything like that. You're right. Yeah. You earn you earn what you get. Right. So I mean, if yeah if you go and take full advantage of it, and then Kennedy comes back, he has to earn that. A job back, back, you know, yeah. or, or you find a you find a place for them, whether it's at wide receiver or whether it's at, uh, you know, like slot or something like that, right? So, same thing for
1: the defensive line for what is it, Adcock and, and Watkins who do the nose tackle position, you know, force it to where CJ Wright is in the starter, make it to where Coach Cabral really has to think long and hard as to who he wants to put out there, and, and, and maybe you, you win the job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I and, mean, and, yeah. I mean, well, and, and not to take Lee,
1: anything not to take anything away from these young men, but. For those who are who who get the opportunity to play now take advantage of the opportunity and really show up and show out and really put the coaching staff in in a tough bind to where when these young men come back from hopefully hopefully they're able to come back from right. these charges and, and everything um that you really make the coaching staff really have a, a tough decision as to whether or not that these young men are, are automatically put him back at storage, or they have to really earn their, their spot back
0: yeah i agree and 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 i think i think that's again going back to the the point of the running back room being so uh, deep and so talented you know when i saw the news i mean yes obviously your your first reaction is, is like is panic mode and like oh you know the season's yeah. over this yeah and y'all shouldn't blah, blah, blah. y'all
1: shouldn't want to look at the text that matt sent me last night oh yeah they, like the, 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 the gifts broke. and
0: stuff of, you know uh, everything is fine. It'll, the dog with the room on fire inside, so, you know, it's, it, but, but the thing is, is like when you really step back and look at it again, Yes, it's a it's a big hit. Obviously, I mean we we talk every week, you know, about what's Kennedy getting the ball. The offense doesn't use Kennedy. Correct, I know. (laughs) So that's that's the ironic thing here, right? Is is the fact that like if he was being used to his full potential, like he tweeted out, um, and was in you know was already uh, eclipsed a thousand yards on the season, which probably would have if he is getting the ball more, um, and and not just getting eight to ten carries a game. you know i think it would be a much bigger hit now yeah you're losing a, a, an explosive playmaker that can score basically anytime he touches the ball you obviously lose someone on the uh, return game that's you know that's big but we got Caleb Hood back there that's more than capable um but but yeah i think something can be said about how little he's been used this year you know ironically could be a benefit now right because we're not yeah, just we're not be. losing this guy that is of our offense or, you know, or 70% of our offense. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a blow, but it's not a huge blow um, because we weren't utilizing them, the, you know, the, probably the best way. But now some of these other guys, like Jalen White, who honestly, you know, has a chip on his shoulder. You know, I, I think Savannah uh, Morning News wrote about it. But, I mean, again, he didn't get a lot of big offers, uh, you know, from Power 5 schools out of college. He was a USA, a USA Today All-American. Again, shattered the Alabama rushing record, led the nation rushing – um, just put up crazy numbers and uh, but didn't get a lot of looks. And so he's he's got something to prove. He's got that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And from the little mm-hmm. bit that we've seen from him, he's ready to prove it. you know and, and it's it's yeah. exciting. It's exciting to you know if if he does get a chance in these next three games and possibly a bowl game to showcase that, uh, it's going to be exciting, you know, just what, what we have in store for the future or that, you know, and I, I do think he's ready, um, you know, and, and, and same with Logan Wright, like you mentioned, that's a guy that, you know, has had a really kind of roller coaster ride here. Right. I mean, uh, just, with the I injuries, roller coaster,
1: I would just say like under the, ra- well, yeah, injuries, but I see like injuries, under the yeah. radar, under the radar, like, like he has he has been pretty consistently good i mean he
0: was supposed to be our rb1 you know he was coming in as our rb1 and then you have jd king transfer in and then you have what wesley kennedy kind of make make the switch um yeah. you know from uh, wide receiver slot to uh to running back um and then he kind of got eclipsed you know and and so uh, taking nothing away from the kid. like he's he's super talented and, and he, when he's had a chance you know you think back to that coastal carolina game that he had you know on the road and he just uh, Through them on our shoulders right so he did yeah so i mean i i'm excited you know about a a backfield that features right maybe get to see you know some of speedy and then get to see jalen white you know I, i think we're more than capable there and again we've got some some guys that we i think could rotate in if we needed to um to help out in those areas as well
1: yeah, pitch guys that you could probably you know, yeah. could. Najee Thompson you know, I think could, mm-hmm. Caleb Hood,
0: um, Dexter Carter Jr. I think, I think
1: Caleb Hood would probably be one of the first options. Because I'd to like that to right. see him get he's done the ball that before. more. Yeah. yeah, and I'd like I to see him too. get the
0: ball more. Like he, I mean, the, the rate that we throw it at and you see the playmaking ability that he has, you treat him like –
1: we should have been trading. Like have, have we? Have we thrown him the ball lately? I feel no. like we haven't heard that name here really. in a couple of games. Yeah. Like I feel like he had like a couple of big games early on, and it's like boom, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, there's not really but, one
0: primary target when we throw to, which is interesting. No. You know, which well, I guess Malik Murray. Making,
1: I think well, Murray's been. Yeah. Murray's been. He's probably he's been, been the number kinda,
0: one. We look at the tight ends, but we've been you know a rotation on that because of injuries, right? Yeah. Um, Bo Jackson too really two. coming into his, yeah. his own there. Yeah. Yeah, we've lost two already and then we've got some young guys there i mean cam Brown cam Brown stepped up in this game you know with a big catch like you said um but uh you know we've got some uh some young guys there as well um that we're looking forward to so um yeah i, I you know it it's it, to to me you know I, I wanted to say this i mean to me and this this might be a hot take here but again based on the amount that we've used wesley kennedy this season I think losing CJ Wright is a bigger hit to our team right
1: now than than losing Wasik. Well, he had 10 tackles against yeah. Army. Yeah. I mean, he he's played really well. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying that. Um I I I kind of I mean I know it I sounds crazy. Coming, I know I under, it sounds I understand crazy where but, you're coming yeah. from. Um but I think yeah, I it's just two different sides of the ball. I mean, I think with defense, I think we still have some we have depth there too to put in to where I, I, again, I think you look at the way that our team has been developed and, and recruited, and you look at defensive line as one in which we, we have some depth there. You look at running back. We have depth there. I mean, I hate it that these are the two you know big-name guys from those position groups, but we have talent. We have young men that I believe can step up and, and, and really kind of make it seem like we're not really missing anything. So who, who do you think fills in there at no tackle? I think it's what I think it's Watkins I yeah. think that's his name i think I think that's it um I think that's who steps up and then I think it's uh ad uh Gavin adcock I think is the other one I think it's those two that you'll that i think you'll probably primarily see more of now, so I guess moving
0: from that news into uh, the game against that school from atlanta uh this uh, you know in rivalry week. Uh,
1: the non-rivalry, the non-rivalry rivalry, rivalry game.
0: rivalry game. Um, <laughs> I'm you, I think Coastal Carolina is be- be- becoming a bigger rival than Georgia State. Um, well,
1: I, well, here's the thing. I think regardless of uh, you're in the same conference, you're in the same division of the conference. You're going to play each other every year on the ebb and flows of, of teams. Some teams or some years you're going to be playing these teams – when both of y'all have a chance to win the d- division, maybe when you're in the bottom of the pack, who knows? Or middle, whatever. Over time, all of these games—Georgia State, Coastal, uh, um, Troy—all these teams are going to develop into some sort of rivalry game, right? And app is obviously going to always be a rival, but there's always these games are always going to be contentious. These games are always going to have chippiness to them. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the argument of trying to say that they're not a rival as a way of. And maybe it's like a dismissive of of Georgia State. Um, And maybe that was fun six, seven years ago in two thousand fourteen, right? When they were terrible, Um, but. Guys, this team this year is not bad.
0: No, they're not. They're not. They're but, not but that's bad the at thing all. Is I, I don't think it necessarily has. I think people. You can't force a rivalry, and I think this rivalry had tried to be forced
1: for seven years. Now the the record is is
0: tied, right? We're we're tied with them, right? So it's.
1: But I, from how was it forced though? When we legitimately went up there and called it Paulson North, filled out their stadium, talked junk about them all the time. I mean, do you not think that their fan base is then going to in turn react well, back what, to that? What fan base? Whatever little. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. What little fan base? I think they that's have, why been, I think it has re- been more in company. So, like,
0: so to I, me. Mean, so to me, yes, I mean, there's there's obviously dislike and you could even go as far as to say hatred there. Um, uh, and But I think what all, to me, what it comes down to when it comes to rivalries is respect. At the end of the day, it's respect. App State, we hate App State. Michigan
1: and Ohio State don't respect each other.
0: I think the true fans do. I think deep down they do. I I do. I I do. I think deep down they do. There's hate there, but... They respect them. I think you could maybe make that a similar argument, right, about, like, Georgia Tech and Georgia, right? <laughs> maybe there's not a lot of respect there. <laughs> um, no, there's not. But but to to me, with our other rivals you look at, I mean, with, with App State and, um, and even going back to the southern covered states with Furman, I think that there was respect there, especially with App State. I mean, we, you know, we're very similar in, in the type of schools that we are,
1: um, you know, of, of – uh, but though, but I think well, see, I don't even think I don't think respect has much to do with it. I just I think it I think you got closer to it with it being a forced rivalry, with App State and Affirman, I mean, you got to look at that; those were two teams who beat Irk. Oh my goodness! You know, like in playoffs. Yeah, but no, you know, that's Furman what I mean, them, and that's you know, where and respect is earned. though, kind of, or, well, That's my point. Yeah. Is that,
0: like you cannot force and manufacture a rivalry. The Georgia State-Georgia Southern rivalry, but I, while it's well, been yeah, close on the field and while there, has been that have been, really been while there has been moments that have been rivalry-esque in the Paulson North and things like this, to me I just feel like from the start Southern fans were put off by it because it was kind of shoved down their throat. Like, this is, this is your new in-state rival, this is your division conference rival, here you go. And we no, we didn't no. really give them. I think
1: that's kind of revisionist history. I look, I look when when obviously the trophy was dumb. I'm glad that got axed trophy, away. Trophy. I mean and, that that and was done. forced. That was that was that was yeah. That was obviously forced. and Nobody wanted that. But when you look at it in terms of football, we talked so much smack going back to 2012 and 2013 and especially after we found out that we were going to be in the Sun Belt and was going to be in there with Georgia State, we talked a lot of smack to the five Georgia State fans that were around about how we were going to dominate them and how we were going to destroy them and how we were going to run all over them. And we did for one year. And how, I mean, like I said, I we started this. In my mind, I think we at least the football aspect of it. We started it. Yeah, called it Paulson North. Yeah, we wanted to embarrass them. We did so. Why? Why do you not think that they're not going to try to respond back? to Oh, I think they're going to respond
0: back. I just, I just think, I just think in the grand scheme of things, of of like in-state rivalries and like these things take time. In seven, what is seven years now? Or it's it's not enough time. Um, you know, it's it.
1: Well, it doesn't have a storied history, but I think the it, there's there's still hate that I don't want to say hatred, but there's still an intensity there that's not there maybe when we go like when we play Troy, or even when we play Coastal Carolina, or whoever else.
0: Yeah, there is. No, there there's it is. An int- there's a there's a I mean, there's a look at you look at the chairs the and I mean the chair was more beat up for Georgia State than it was for App State, I think, right? Yeah. Certainly more than yeah. Troy or, or Coastal or Arkansas State or any of them. So I mean, yes, there there is a level of animosity and a level, you know, yeah, disrespect
1: maybe, which uh, you know, there, is what happens know, in a— and,
0: and I think we'll and say it with
1: me now say that again a rivalry say 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 this this happens in a rivalry you have more animosity you have more (laughs) um intensity you have players be a whole lot more chippier or a lot chippier than than normal i mean they try to fight us the last year i mean it it, this is Mm. i think fans just don't
0: want it i think it's again goes back to the respect thing where the majority of
1: the majority the majority of don't want to believe that the series is tied three to three they don't they don't that's. I think that's it's hard issue. to swallow. If this was like a six Correct. and O thing. We'll be like, oh yeah, they're our rivals and they're our little brothers and yada yada right. yada. Correct. Yada. That's how we we'll be talking to and, them.
0: And yes, the results speak volumes, right? But to me, it's it's a fan base thing, and it's hard when you have one fan base as so much more passionate and so much bigger than the other one. Um, you know, and I do I do really think it comes down to like the respect thing because. The, the you know with App State it's the dislike is there but the respect is there and that respect was earned over the course of a decade or more you know and and with this it's just it hasn't been enough time yes it's tied three to three but even even the fact that it's tied three to three I don't think that the respect is there now is that on us I don't know I mean we never even gave them a chance you know we wrote them off before you know they even we even played them. Right. I mean, uh, so and uh, so I think I think part of it is probably on our fans. I, I do. You know, if whatever rivalry is there, if there is a rivalry there, then I, I do think that we helped we pour gasoline in that fire. You know, um, with with
1: well, we poured gasoline, got the match, <laughs> yeah. threw it on there, called the fire yeah. department to go five got miles some fire away, yeah. do more gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I mean, we yeah, we can say that we don't like their fan base. We can say it's not a rivalry. You can say all that stuff that you want to. It's a rivalry. When when you're when your fans are saying that it's not a rivalry, but at the same time you can't stand them or you call them gag state or you make fun of their university and the area around it and homeless people, whatever it's rivalry. Yeah, it is what it is.
0: You're right. It's, you, ha- it's you ha- may
1: not, it's you, a hard pill to swallow it, just because of the respect, it is, because, because, because again, we don't, well, yes, yes, because there's a lack of respect yeah. and we don't, and that's like never going to happen. Just, I, I never, I never yeah. see
0: in the next 10, 15 years of our fan base ever respecting that school. I just don't No. No, where where most will say they respect App State, they'll say they hate you know dislike them or hate them, but they respect the hell out of them.
1: You know, I I'll put it to you this way: seeing App State the past four or five seasons win the conference championship as as bitter of a pill as it is to swallow, I I accept it because I know that App State has a good program. If if ever Georgia State wins the conference by some stroke of luck, I will never accept that. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I just Well, won't. there you
0: go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Not not my See, conference I, champion. Can we call it a pseudo rivalry? <laughs> oh, with that, with that, it's a pseudo rivalry. Yeah. All right. So gearing up for the pseudo rivalry, <laughs> the seventh edition of the pseudo rivalry um, against the Kitty Cats. Uh,
1: so obviously, we ought to call it the Battle of the U. About, I I mean, well, they, well, are, they yeah, used big, they used to, but we kind of just a, gave that
0: up. We just kind of gave that up.
1: We embrace the big, GS now. We should have a big like bronze or silver statue. Of of a U.
0: I think that favors them more we get more to... now than than
1: us though. Because I just you think I so. Do.
0: I think early. I uh, think early on it was more of a thing. And honestly, I think we've kind of. I know. I mean, you still see like the true GSU and things like this. But I think still at sweetheart circle. I think it is still at sweetheart circle. But I mean, you know, our uh, official athletic wise, you know, it's, it's GS and and all that. Uh, um, but I. I don't know. I I, I think that most of our fan base, there's still some that I'm sure are bitter about it, but I think most of our fan base have kind of let that go, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I do, I do, I would like to see if, you know, this is obviously going to continue. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any case unless we uh, move conferences um, and then leave them behind or they move conferences and leave us behind. Um, I don't ever see in the near future um, of us not, you know, playing each other or not, you know, but, as, um as far as like trophies and things like that, just like what you had mentioned which was all sports trophy um that was dumb and you know so eventually could something like that happen that could add a little bit more intrigue right to this pseudo rivalry yeah. yes i think i think <laughs> i I think that could happen but it it has to happen naturally right it it can't just be forced it it's hard with these young "Quote unquote rivalries," right? Um, that <laughs> that it, it, because because the, these other ones that you look at with a golden boot and a little brown jug and all this stuff, I mean, you're talking about decades. You're talking about a hundred years for some of them, right? And and it's just so well, we can't help it that Georgia State didn't start their football
1: program uh, until twenty. I understand,
0: but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's time plays a big factor in it. Where where like. They're in-state conference opponent, you know, um, and there's dislike
1: brings. I think think time builds a history to it. I don't think time necessarily diminishes or puts less value on the hatred or the intensity between the two schools. Right. Or the two programs. You know, I think all that time does is it gives you more stories.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, it gives you more chances for the Pulsum North. It gives you more chances for them, like, disrespecting us at home, you know, and— Th- yeah. things like that i mean with with app state and the school bus right i mean, the goal post through it and the pizzas and all this kind of stuff and firm goodness and, gracious because you imagine and the horse and, nowadays oh man
1: took a goal post and threw it oh, through a God, bus that, oh my uh,
0: uproar <laughs> from on uh, twitter the twitter storm from that one back in my oh, day man. kids
1: right um we could take field goal posts and shove it through <laughs> buses could. and <laughs> and not get charged
0: right. um I mean, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, well, and, th- I, uh, and that's a big part of it, no. too, yeah. In, in the in the world of college football now, yeah, some of these things that led to that level, I mean, it's like, you know, the Michigan-Ohio States, the... um you know, Minnesota's, Wisconsin's, the, you know, whatever the red river shootout, all this, it's got so much history there that it just, it writes itself, right? Like you don't need anything. Um, like it, it no, no matter really how even the programs are doing and you see some of these rivalries where, you know, it's lopsided, you know, where, I mean, Michigan, Ohio state, you know, I, I actually looked up last night and they, the they've only won one time in the last, what, like 15 years or something. So like, um, it's, you know, but, that's still a huge rivalry rivalry every time they play because that history is there. All those moments have happened. So you don't need anything yeah. to kind of hype it up. It's just there. I think we're a ways from that with Georgia state. Um, and it's just going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take more evenly matched contests, you know, um, right now. I mean, it's yes, six years in we're tied three to three as, as bitter of a pill as that is to swallow.
1: I mean, we already have a hashtag every time this week comes up. Southern, Southern state, not state. Yeah. state. They do state not. So I, I the, the, look, I, Look, you, I think the only thing time is for this one is it just doesn't have as many stories. Yeah, I think this is a rivalry. I think I think the intensity is there. Um, bragging rights is there. Um, if we lose this, we got to listen to Ben Moore for <sighs> three hundred and sixty. That's a odd big days. part. If Ben
0: Moore didn't exist, you I know? don't like. I I feel like you feel a little different about this because he's like ninety percent of their fan base. But like you know, I mean, anyway.
1: <laughs> he is but you know what good on him he has to get clicks to oh he does georgia what he states two, four, he does seven. what he does he, yeah, well yes he, yeah. he, he, he does he does he does what yeah he does it well he does nothing to take anything about what he actually does for his job right. um and he's a big proponent and, and big voice for georgia state athletics and uh, good for him if that's what he wants to put his money and his passion behind go for it um but he does. He does. He does know how to rub our fan base and well, get going on Twitter. Well, because we react. I mean, I we're we're that. reactionary. Oh yeah. I mean,
0: like I, I, everyone. I mean, I've you fell for it. I've fallen for it. Everybody. You know, like if if you're active on Twitter, <laughs> you follow for it. Forward. Even if it's just reading all the threads and spending you know twenty minutes of your of your Monday night, you know, reading through everything and not actually responding. Like he gets our attention by the things he says. Oh yeah. And, he does. And he knows how to push the right buttons. So. Um, turn into the actual game. Um, you know, so Georgia State comes in 4-4 four and four on the year. Um, they're fifth in Sunbelt East right now. Um, this is another team, uh, kind kind of like South Alabama, even I want to say kind of like Texas State, obviously better record than Texas State. They've played a lot of teams close. By
1: the way, before we get into this, our prediction on Texas State turned out to there be true. Go. They beat Arkansas State Yeah, this weekend. Yeah. so. So you know they they remind
0: me kind of, of of a South and a Texas State of it's a team you can't take lightly they they can put up a ton of points on you really fast, um you know they they've got a really good offense and you know you you have to look past the record now obviously a
1: much better record than Texas State um, I even say look past the Coastal Carolina game because that one got away from them yeah quick.
0: so right so that's that's the one big kind of outlier here I mean they played. They played Louisiana close, 34 to 31. Um, You know, uh, so able to score over 30 points against them. East Carolina, not a good football team, but they put up 49 against them. They put up 52 in a losing effort against Arkansas State um, in a shootout, 59 to 52. Uh, Put up 36 against Troy. Um, Again, that big outlier came against Coastal, 51 to nothing, just completely shut down. And, I mean, that game wasn't even close from the start. Um, And,. ULM put up 52 against them, Um, their lowest scoring game of the year has been App State, well outside of that coastal shutout, has been App State, um, but they held App to 17 points, 17-13, and then last week uh, picked up a win uh, to move back to 500 on the year uh, with a 31-14 win against uh, South Alabama at South Alabama, so you know, it's, it's, it's a team that's kind of had a little bit of up and down season. Um, they had, you know, a cancellation early on, um, against, uh, Charlotte, uh, I guess that game's postponed. So maybe they're trying to make that up. Um, but you know, it's, it's obviously a game, in uh, an opponent that we can't take lightly, obviously the, the rivalry or pseudo rivalry or whatever you want to call it, that is there, that aspect is there. Um, but it's a better football team than some of the Georgia state football teams we played in the past. It's a better football team than some of the Georgia yes. state football teams we played in the past and lost to. Um, so, yep. you know, it, 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 yeah, you just can't. And we're playing them on the road. Yes. It's, you know, at the baseball stadium, it's Turner field and whatever they call it now. Cause it's not even Georgia state stadium. It's like, <laughs> it's a septic it's, tank. No, it's not a septic <laughs> tank. It's a, it's a credit union.
1: It, it. But the initials, it seems like it just spells out septic. Oh, and I just keep I don't know. Um, it's like C CPEC or I something yeah, like that. Yes, I don't know. But it's but you look at it. And it's like that. Kind of looks like fanatically. You can right. call it a subject thing. <laughs> it's
0: it's the rundown Turner Field, and you know it's uh, we won there last time we played them. You know I, I was able to go to that game. Plan on hopefully maybe going uh, to this one, um, and we'll see. You know how we look. Obviously, you know the storyline now is going to be po- you know probably playing without. Two of our biggest uh, stars in Wesley Kennedy and C.J. Wright, right? And then...
1: Well, yeah, yeah. And, look, we're 6-3. and three. We're not going to win their division. We're not going to win the conference. I think there's still plenty of things to play for. We can play for second place um, for these last three games that we have. Um, we can play for bragging rights. we always got Georgia State and App State still left. Um, we can make it three in a row on both those teams. Um. And we can play for some pride and and for Georgia Southern football and to finish the season with nine wins with a chance to get the 10th one in the bowl game. All those are fantastic goals to still have left after nine games of the year. Are we, of course, disappointed? Yeah, we are. But you still have some things to shoot for, to strive for that make this season um, end on a very positive note um, that can be a great, hopefully leaping step forward into the 2021 season. Um, and this starts now it, it you gotta start it now. You can't let the army game get you too far upset I and mean, you gotta come in here focused and and get it done this team this team is a t is a very dangerous team, especially offensively on the football um and th- if we are not prepared to play, they can put us behind the eight ball pretty Correct. quick,
0: yeah, so you know a lot of people thought they might take a step back offensively after losing Dan Ellington, obviously he came in. Uh, just hobbling, you know, against us. I mean, basically playing on one leg um, in in, in the game last year, and a lot of people questioned, myself included, uh, the decision uh, by their head coach to to play him in that game. um, But we ultimately won. Uh, Now uh, uh, Cornelius uh, Brown takes over, um, Brown the fourth, um, and he's good he's a he's a very very uh good quarterback um almost 1700 yards already on the season 13 touchdowns eight interceptions um they'll sling it on you and you know the, the, they're gonna probably they're gonna test our um our secondary early and often they uh have uh they average 416 total yards a, a game um they uh 209 passing 207 uh rushing so pretty balanced um, but yeah, they, they, like if, if you think they're going to come in, I mean, they're probably going to try to do what, what Troy, you know, try to do and then and come in and, and, and pass on us early. And I think just like Troy, um, you know, this guy's uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, better of, a um, of a scrambler, uh, you know, which, which has given us trouble this year. But I think, uh, the key is to just like Texas state and Troy is to get pressure on them. Um, you know, just get as much, make them as uncomfortable as possible, um And help out, or help out our secondary.
1: Yeah, we have to get pressure on the quarterback. We have to keep them contained too. Can't let them run out and, and 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 get yards. um Again, get the get them off the field on third downs. If we get them third and long, don't let them get the long completions or long conversions to to move their drive forward. We need to end all their drives as quickly as possible. Limit their drives and and and. and our offense has as many opportunities as they need to score points because as we've seen the offense has at times struggled to score points throughout games um it seems like some drives they have no problem coming down there and driving 75 80 yards down the field and other times it seems like it goes three and out
0: yeah yeah so i mean uh talking about brown he did throw three interceptions uh against uh south alabama um, last week, um, so he was he was nineteen for twenty eight three hundred and thirty four yards, uh, but with those three interceptions, they were still able to uh, win that game thirty one to fourteen. Um, but you know, just like with with Army, I think if we can force some turnovers, uh, whether it's fumbles or interceptions, um, you know that will put us in put us in the right position to hopefully you know finally pull away from an opponent um and, and we we've, we've seen that in the past i mean we we played some close games last yeah. year and, and and we were a little nervous about this game coming in last year and we'd handled them pretty easily um you know i think yeah. uh, hurt day and Ellington played a role in that um but you know we do get up for this game uh you know historically we have um we normally play uh pretty well up there um actually have we have we, we've never lost up there right or we've no. lost one we've lost one
1: up there We've we lost in twenty sixteen, yeah, but that was at the yeah. dome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the I think outside of them actually, you know, being a, a a tough opponent, we got a lot of stuff this team has to put behind us in order to get our mind mentally right. Right, you gotta you gotta put away the whole travel situation, being stuck in in New Jersey and all that that comes with just you know terrible travel experiences. I think I think we've all experienced something like that. It's it's just terrible to go through. Um, and then also, you know, you're, you, they have two brothers that are going through a hard time right now. Um, and, and, and two guys that, that they, in you know, that are leaders on that team that have done really, really well for us this season that are in, in, in a, in a bind. And, you know, that's going to be hard for them to kind of put in the back of their mind to focus on this game this yeah. week. But if they can do that, if, if we can, if we can put all that stuff behind us and focus on the task at hand. And and think about all right that what what's important now what's the what's the next step to do for victory, then you know I, you know I think we it'll be a close win but it could be a win I don't I don't foresee us pulling away or, or beating any of these last three opponents by more than one or one one score yeah
0: unfortunately I think you're right on that I think if we were to win um, a game by more than one score it's probably this one out of the three um, Florida Atlantic's kind of a toss up. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're and obviously they had a lot of COVID issues. I can't. That, that's yeah, a hard can, one. We'll I talk can. obviously more about that next yeah. week. Um, after we get through state, but it's you know that that that's a hard one. That's a hard one. It's 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 a it's a team that obviously lost Lane Kiffin, and we were excited about that game. And they've dealt with a lot of COVID issues. I don't think they're quite as good as as people thought they would be. But they you know it's it's a hard team to kind of. They're athletic. They, they have do athletes. They do. They have a lot of talent. And they have a lot of transfers in, and we'll get more into that. Uh, you know, a lot of P5 transfers that we'll, that we'll get into next week. But um, you know, th- that's that's going to be an interesting one out of out of the three. That's kind of the one that's the hardest one, I think, to kind of wrap our mind around a little bit but um especially having an out-of-conference opponent that late in the season right um
1: well that we we don't we don't typically see them they have a new yep. coach i mean yeah there's a lot of things in there it's not we like know what we're getting with state, state we know state what we're app. getting with app right you know kind of stuff. So. Yeah. yeah
0: um so yeah it's gonna be interesting but I, th- this game's just really important the state game because uh, we don't know what we're getting out of Flo- florida they couldn't come in and trounce us you know and and app state obviously could do the same, um, but you know we get those two games at home. This is our last, uh, you know, road game of, of the year, and uh, we we need to take that momentum. You know, I, I think if we can if we can win this game, especially if we can win by hopefully more than one score, but even if we can just win, I think that will give us the momentum if we, we yeah. need if to we, go into Florida Atlantic yep. and then ultimately with a big showdown against zap um, If we lose this, we with be all the stuff that they've gone games. through,
1: yeah, yeah, mm. man.
0: So it was big. And the Army, look, the Army game, it was disappointing. I'm I'm still disappointed about it. It's one of those that it would have been great to get. This game's more important, obviously, a conference opponent. Obviously, you have, you know, the rivalry there, you know. Uh,
1: so. Well, think about it. Think about it. The teams that we've lost to, you have a 8-0 Coastal team, a 7-1 Louisiana team, and a 7-2 Army team. Mm-hmm. Those are the three teams that we've lost to. Yeah, right. I mean, they're, they're good teams. They're decent teams. And quite honestly, we had a chance to beat yeah, all three of nice them. We had a chance to beat
0: all three of them. And, you know, you know, especially, obviously, Army and, and Louisiana. And you can make your excuses of this and that and the other, of, of uh, you know, mistakes that Army did. And that game, you know, they should have beat us by more if they didn't make those early mistakes. Or you can talk about Louisiana having eight starters out and things like this. But the fact of the matter is, that's what happened. Those were all close games, um, you know, into the fourth quarter, and yep. you know, and yeah, they're good football teams. I think out of the three Army, that that was the most winnable game. I think out of that, it was probably the worst worst opponent we out of out of those three teams. I mean, obviously, you know, Coastal still ranked yeah. um, Louisiana now. Louisiana's, you know, Louisiana's ranked. Is ranked. So two ranked teams. Army could have gotten ranked if they didn't lose to uh, Tulane. You know, they possibly could have got ranked. Um, so they're a good football team, I think. Out of those three, Army is is probably at
1: the bottom there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it. Well, think. Well, and think about this too. We we were either tied or had the lead in the fourth quarter in all those games. Yeah. I mean, that's that's we're 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 a good, we're a good football team trying to be great. That's what
0: we are right now. And that's why so many people are frustrated because we're we're not we're not getting
1: beat. We could be really really good.
0: good. And we're not just we're not just we're squeaking by bad teams. We're squeaking by good teams and we're losing to good teams, Uh, barely losing to good teams. And that's frustrating. And in a lot of cases, that's more frustrating than just being like a Vanderbilt and getting creamed every week, right, <laughs> or, or something. Like it, it is, because it's that's easier to accept. When you're just bad, you know, it's, it's easier to accept. When you're losing winnable games by one point or two points or, or barely beating a, a really bad opponent by five points and a couple inches, that, you know, that, that's that's a tougher pill yeah. to swallow than, I right. Com- completely so agree. So that, that's yeah. where – and it, it – it, I I get from the outside looking in. It's kind of like, oh well, you're six and three. Just be happy. Like you're you're complaining all the time, you know. But but I I feel like
1: that's not the standard that's not here, the standard.
0: man. It's not the standard here, and the coaches know that, and and the players know that, and everyone involved with the program knows that. And it the potential is there to be better than what we currently are, than how we're currently playing, and what our record currently shows. And that's why fans are frustrated that's why fans are frustrated if it if it if it was a situation where it's just like we're getting housed by um coastal and app and 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 louisiana and it's just not even close and we're just clueless on all three you know like that it's it's it's, it would just be easier to be like oh well it was good to beat south alabama and we got a good win against texas yeah but we're not mediocre we're we're a good should be great football team that's playing mediocre at times like that's and that's why it's frustrating but You know, hopefully, you know, we, again, more often than not, we've come out on top in these close affairs. Um, I'm hoping this is not another close affair, um, but obviously uh, we win no matter what. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll pick this up next time. Preview in Florida Atlantic, hopefully recapping a win against the pseudo rival at the (laughs) the Georgia state (laughs) Panthers. And as always, Cody um, Southern, never state and hail Southern.
1: Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gattatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gata Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Hi